0: Hello podcast listeners, and welcome to the 5th of August 2020 Hong Kong Stories podcast. I'm Rachel Smith. Well, just like that, we're over the halfway mark for the year 2020. Time just flies by, does it not? Well, for one of our storytellers today, flying comes naturally. In a minute, Sapphire is going to tell you her story of flying far above everyone else. And after Sapphire, we'll hear another story of adventure in wide-open spaces from Kristen, who's dreaming of somewhere other than her Hong Kong flat. Before we get to today's stories, though, a great big thanks goes out to our loyal Hong Kong audience. Thanks for being stalwart and always there for us, Hong Kong. Thanks go out to our overseas listeners as well, particularly to our listeners in Amsterdam, Netherlands, Singapore, and in Jelu Tong in Malaysia. Thanks for letting our stories into your ears. It has been hard to keep our hopes up that we can have a live performance again, but we aren't easily discouraged. We'll keep you informed on what's happening via our website, hongkongstories.com. It's better than comedy. It's better than drama. It's real life. And now with the story from the 2020 January show that had the theme... Ready, steady, go. Here is Sapphire.
1: I am a pro in flying trapeze. A few months ago, when I had my first try with this sport, when others shake climbing up the staircase leading up to the high-up platform or scream just by standing on the platform about, 12 meters above the floor or couldn't even hold on to the bar when swinging down. I absolutely nailed it with various tricks of catches. I was wowed by my physical capability. I feel that I was at the height of my fitness that there is no physical challenge that I cannot conquer. So I announced to myself that in flying trapeze, I'm not an amateur. I am real business. So this Christmas holiday, no brainer. I need to flex my muscle. We booked a resort where there is trapeze facility. It's time for me to fly, to do some act, and to show, to wow those holiday goers with some real actions. In the first two days, I did some new tricks. Easy breezy lemon squeezy. Each catch was followed by well-deserved cheers and applause from the crowds. So on the third day, my coach asked me, would you like to try a trick at intermediate level? Oh, yes, bring it on. Real athlete embraces challenge. After initial practice, I put my harness on like a pro. I see myself as an accomplished athlete. I could feel that there were groupies and fans anticipating me to perform another beautiful, flawlessly beautiful trick. I did my usual stretch. I walked to the bottom of the staircase like a reigning boxing champion about to enter into a boxing ring. If only I had a cape. I climb up the ropey-woply staircase like a monkey climbing up the tree. I made it look quick and easy. When I was standing on the platform about three inches wide and four floors above the floor, I made sure that I was seen moving with ease like a ballerina. When I saw people down, they were as small as my fingernails. I hope they could still see the smile and confidence I have while my, my adrenaline was soaring into the sky. I was putting, putting chalks on my hands as if I was trimming my nails. And then I stood at the edge of the platform, held the bar with both hands, bended my knees, took a deep breath, ready, steady, go, showtime. I hopped into the sky, hooked my knees onto the bar, the skin on the back of my knees got instantly scratched off by the friction with the bar. Ouch! Athley has no time for pain. I grabbed the cables with both hands. I could feel that the swinging iron cables cutting through my fingers while trying to hold on to them tight. Ooh. Come on, Sapphire, let's do this. I grabbed I grab myself up. I pulled myself up with my core scraping through the bar. My core was literally on fire. I tried to stay in a superman position, ready for the catch. Cameras better get ready. And then I launched my body, releasing my hands and legs with my arms reaching out for the catcher. Here they are. The catcher's hands, they're right in front of me. My hands were like lion's paws about to lock onto his prey. I got the fingers of the catcher and yet our hands slid by. I saw her arms getting further and further away from me as if we were in a slow motion black and white movie the color of my vision got instantly wiped out. I glared at her arms while I flipped and free fell. I felt I was dropping into a deep dark hole without a bottom and then bam, I plummeted into the safety net with my face down. It was a slap on the face. I could feel the burn but soon I could feel nothing. I lay in the safety net, frozen. I was in disbelief and sheer shock. Me not able to finish a catch at my first attempt? My mind got blanked out. All I could hear was the sigh from the crowd, but I was more disappointed than them. What went wrong? It must be because of the catcher. She seemed new. She used to be shorter than the usual one. If only she was a bit longer, I could have sure hold on to more than just her fingertips. Well, my coach thought that I may have released my buddy half a second late to have just missed the catch. All right, then. Whatever it is, let's do this again. I climbed back up again. I wanted to solve it, to finish it, and to prove it, that there is nothing I cannot conquer. This is my sport, my new identity. I am a star. Again, ready, steady, go. I could hear my heartbeat. I hook my knees onto the bar, grab the cables, pull myself up, and launch my body a split of a second earlier than last time with my arms reaching out for the catcher. I could see her right in front of me. Yet, bam! I flipped and flipped and shot straight into the net. No catch. Something must have been missing. What is it? I hate myself in the changing room like a loser running away from the scene. I saw in the mirror that there are bruises all over my body. The ones on my legs were purple. They were medium rare from day one. These on my arms were red. They were red from day two. And these on my core, they were fresh pink. They just got butchered. Not to mention small patches of green here and there and the cuts on my fingers and my legs. With the adrenaline fading away, I was drowned in exhaustion and pain, but what got hurt even more was my ego. I feel beaten. If I was a railing boxing champion, I got knocked out in the first round. What if I just walk away now? This is now intermediate level, a whole new ball game. People will understand. But will I really be happy if I don't try again? Forget about the audience, the camera. Forget about how people may think about me or how I should prove it. Even if I fail after all my attempts, it's still okay. I tighten my harness, put bandage on my cuts, and step out of the changing room. The first step was agony. The second step, my bruises were eating me alive. Now even by climbing up the staircase it became sheer hardship that each step of pulling myself up became much heavier than before. I was on my lost breath. Yet just by thinking about the trick, my heartbeat missed a beat. I know I want to do this. I can do this. This time, the audience seemed to have disappeared to me, and I could hear no noise at all. It felt so quiet that all I could hear was my heartbeat. My adrenaline went off the roof, and the thrill was electrifying. I held the bar with both hands, bended my knees, took a deep breath, ready, steady, go. And this time, I grabbed more than fingertips. Thank you.
0: Not all of us are as brave as sapphire on the trapeze, although the idea of floating above everything else is very appealing. Going forward, I intend to ignore the audience and leap into the unknown at every chance. We continue to hone our stories and make new ones. If you have a story you're itching to tell, get in touch through our website, hongkongstories.com. Our second story today is from our February 2018 show. Kristen tells of her yearning for a different time and a different place. Here's Kristen.
2: I'm sitting under a big blanket in my small mid-levels apartment, trying to stay warm. It's a gray February day, and I'm feeling penned in by the cold, the clouds, and the tall building surrounding mine. I want an escape. I want sunshine and vast open spaces. I want Wyoming in the western U.S., Specifically, I want Lost Creek Ranch in Wyoming. I worked at this ranch at the foot of the Rocky Mountains for five months, right after graduating from university. I was a waitress. It was my last summer job before joining the real world. Lost Creek is the complete opposite of Hong Kong. In loud and crowded Hong Kong, I hear horns and jackhammers. At quiet and remote Lost Creek, I heard birds and horses. In Hong Kong, wildlife means binge drinking in Lan Kwai Fong. At Lost Creek, wildlife meant moose and buffalo. In Hong Kong, my biggest challenge when out for a run is dodging the cars and meandering pedestrians as I make my way to Bowen Road. At Lost Creek, I had to wear an orange nylon vest so hunters didn't mistake me for an elk rustling in the woods and shoot me. Lost Creek is a world of its own. A cluster of tasteful log cabins Set in an endless field of sagebrush at the edge of a pine forest with a postcard like view of the mountains. The guests were wealthy families. The staff was a hodgepodge of servers, housekeepers, and wranglers. We coexisted in a mostly peaceful bubble of cookouts, hikes, and horses. It was Downton Abbey meets Ralph Lauren. (laughs) We servers, all recent college graduates, got an allowance at the start of the summer to buy clothes. Western-style shirts with pearly snaps and stiff, dark jeans, so we look like cowboys and cowgirls. The Wranglers, who took guests on daily horseback rides, really were cowboys and cowgirls. They didn't need a clothing allowance to look the part. The Wranglers were from the western U.S. and lived nomadic lives, moving between ranches with the seasons. They called us Easties, a gently derogatory term for people from the East Coast, the cowboy version of Guaylo. The servers and ranchers at Servers and Wranglers never became close friends but we did have cross-cultural exchanges. They taught us how to lasso a plastic steer head attached to a bale of hay. We taught them how to play drinking games. The rest of ranch life was equally pleasant and stress-free. Two short waitressing shifts a day, a five-minute walking commute, from the staff cabins to the guest lodge with its panoramic picture window, horseback riding on our days off. One afternoon, when the sky was bright blue and the sun warm, I was out riding with my two roommates, fellow Easties who had become my close friends. As we headed back to the ranch, the horses picked up their pace and broke into a near gallop. We had never gone this fast before. I leaned forward, squeezed my legs against the horse for grip, and heard only the clattering of hooves on the dirt road. It was exhilarating. As the horses approached the stable yard and slowed down, I caught my breath and yelled to my friends, This is amazing. It really was. I loved Lost Creek. But it was temporary. It was not the real world. Now, in Hong Kong, I am fully ensconced in the real world. I wear dresses and heels to my corporate job, no lassos and stiff denim in sight. There are plenty of stresses here the MTR at rush hour, the bad restaurant service that would never be tolerated at Lost Creek. My endless search for a tomato that doesn't taste like cardboard. Still, the things I love about Hong Kong far outweigh these minor complaints. There's an endless flow of films and lectures and live events like this one. The escalator, with its cheerful holiday lights, continues to amaze me. On any given weekend, I can round up my hiking friends for our favorite Lantau route and curry dinner at our secret spot on the beach. These things aren't necessarily exhilarating, but they are lasting. They are real. Sitting under my blanket in my small cold apartment, I realize that Hong Kong is my home in a way that Lost Creek never was. I may need to escape it periodically, sometimes on a plane, sometimes in my mind, but I am always happy to come back.
0: Thanks for listening to today's stories brought to you by Hong Kong Stories. The music for this podcast was written and performed by Andrew Robert Smith. Everyone has a story to tell.